0: Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk.
1: On today's show, February is I Love to Read Month, and we'll be joined by Susan Hayward, the president of the Manitoba Reading Association, to talk about I Love to Read Month and the various events going on throughout Winnipeg.
0: Then we'll hear about Mark Car- Mount Carmel Clinic's The Mothering Project, a wonderful program that helps new or expecting mothers deal with addictions to get back on the right track.
1: Then we'll continue our series of refugee stories recorded at an event held by the Mennonite Heritage Centre Gallery. We'll bring you one of the stories this week by a refugee's family member from the Soviet Union.
0: And as always, Noah Ehrenberg will be joining us in studio to tell us about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's Citizen Journalism Project.
1: We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360.
0: Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. Robert, how are you doing this fine February
1: morning? Not too bad. It's been a wonderful weekend. How are you doing, Nolan? Oh, I'm good,
0: thank you. Happy birthday, sir. It was your birthday on Friday. I wanted to wish you a very happy. Should we say on on air? How old? Well, how young you are?
1: Starting my third decade. The, the big
0: three zero. Congratulations for making Wait, it. Wait, no. This I far. guess
1: that makes it my first, second, third starting my fourth starting the
0: fourth decade oh geez that's a weird that's a tougher way to look at it isn't it Well, I wish you all the best on your birthday and your fourth decade because uh, you're a great man and you deserve all the wonderful things coming your way. Oh, thanks so much. We've got a great show coming up today. We've got uh, Susan Hayward from the Manitoba Reading Association. She's on her way in to tell us about I Love to Read Month. Robert, did you know you were born in I Love to Read Month?
1: I did. I Love to Read Month was a staple of uh, growing up in elementary school, um, having daily story times so it's very cool to hear that the program is still ongoing and kids are still being introduced to the wonderful world of reading and books uh so i'm very interested i'm very interested to hear how long the program's been going for because i remember it when i was young we'll
0: have to ask susan about that she's on her way into the studio next uh but we'll go to a quick song before she gets in here uh how about russ morgan with does your heart beat for me right here on river city 360 We'll be right back. back. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Susan Hayward. She's the president of the Manitoba Reading Association. Susan, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: We wanted to have you in because February is I Love to Read Month, and who better to have to talk about I Love to Read Month? So I guess my first question... Well, before we get into I Love to Read Month, let's talk about the MRA. Uh, Just tell me, uh, how long has the Manitoba Reading Association been around, and what's your role with them, and what do you guys do here in Manitoba?
2: Okay. Well, the Manitoba Reading Association is a provincial council of the International Literacy Association. And before the Manitoba Association came... um, to life. We had the Reading Council of Greater Winnipeg and Reading Council Greater Winnipeg just celebrated their 60th anniversary and I don't know the exact date that MRA was born but uh, we were born slightly after that.
0: Cool so almost six decades potentially. How how, how has reading do you think evolved or changed over over six decades now that we have all this new technology around?
2: Well yeah technology is definitely part of it. You know, I I think um, reading has, you know, it it really hasn't changed. Reading is still reading. You know, we still pick up a book, and uh, we still have libraries. And I think people think that libraries don't exist. But then you take a look at these huge mega bookstores, and it's just evolved. It's just taken the next step. And we used to just have maybe a book and one common book in a small classroom years ago in the traditional schools, um, but now we have multiple sources of text, so I don't think it's so much books anymore. We talk about text sets. okay? And you read them, uh, you view things, uh, we listen to things. So it's, it's just an evolution and includes all of the different literacies.
0: Why, why is this an organization that you personally wanted to get involved with?
2: Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, Well, I started teaching in 1983, went to a rural school division by choice. I I decided I wanted to be part of a smaller community. And I basically spent my entire education, er, my teaching career there. Um, But sometimes you have to reach out. So it was a way for me to network with other people. Um, I liked being in my small division, but you're usually the one teacher in the school, Oh, wow. So, um, uh, not the one teacher, but the one teacher of your grade. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's say if you're a grade seven teacher, you're the only grade seven teacher. And for at sure. that time we didn't have the email and all the social mm-hmm. media. So you needed to reach out. So, uh, yeah, I connected with other people.
0: So why is literacy and reading important, uh, for kids and for adult for everyone?
2: Uh, literacy is just basically a foundational skill that we all need, um, I think it's the great equalizer. If we think about uh, the diversity that, you know, uh, that exists in our province, it's what's going to equalize all of us. And all of us can learn to read and to speak and to write. And uh, I don't think any social situation will differentiate between a person if you improve your literacy skills, and then that's just better for our province. It's Be- just better economics.
0: Better to communicate with one another. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about I Love to Read Month. Uh, what do you guys have planned for it? And, and how long has this uh, this program been running?
2: Well, I had to do my homework on how long. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I look to ILA. And, um, you know, I didn't have a clear answer, so I went to Carol Hreniak-Adamov, who was our former provincial uh, council leader, and she says back in 1980s, so 36, oh, wow. 37 years ago, there was a Dr. Bev Zakaluk and a Professor Emeritus from the U of M, and they started the Celebration for I Love to Read Month in Manitoba, And they joined together um, at the Manitoba Legislature with... The then Lieutenant Governor Pearl McGonagall. Cool. And so they went into the blue room and announced this, um, this initiative that just uh, put a focus on reading in our province during a particular month.
0: Very cool, so what do you guys got planned for uh, for this? I, I saw the calendar on the website, it is very robust and al- <laughs> and almost every day there's something going on. Yes. So maybe just give us a sort yeah. of brief synopsis of what, what, what's happening throughout the month.
2: Well, I Love to Read month is really just about getting back that love of reading. Um, uh, usually the MRA creates a theme for the year. So this year it's Literacy for Joy and Justice because sometimes we just like to enjoy reading for pleasure. Other times you have a purpose for reading. So um, in the past, there's usually been a booklet or a package that's been distributed, but what we're finding is that schools often, uh, you know, start their own initiatives. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily, you know, wait for our package, but there's a lot of schools that do appreciate it because there's resources. Mm -hmm. So this year we chose just to... uh, uh re-publicize the uh, Reading Council Greater Winnipeg's calendar because they've, you know, done a great job. But it's our second year for doing a Twitter challenge. Oh. So, um, yeah, there was a teacher from Lakeshore School Division who came up with a photo a day challenge. Cool. And last year we started it on Twitter. Oh, great. So um, I'm the Twitter handle for MRA. And what so is it? Let's do a quick poll MRA underscore MB. Okay, cool. And uh, we have people from right across the province and beyond our borders who are participating. So, again, what I was talking about, isolation, we're not isolated Mm. anymore. So, every day there's a word. So, today was happiness. Happiness. So, you create a picture... for what happiness means. So we were talking about reading, but we were talking about how, you know, it's sometimes viewing. Mm -hmm. So just the connection between literacy there. Very cool. And we just rejuvenated our Facebook page. So Manitoba Reading Association has a Facebook page as well. And so people can participate either way. And then, of course, there's the hashtag. Um, So this year we're following more I Love to Read month. And when I go into that hashtag, I also see our partners often in the United States. So not only on a daily basis are people connecting right across the province, but you can see your partners across the borders. Very cool. You know, so there's a a wide variety of things that are happening. Um, Like you'll see that there's guest readers. Okay. So um, a really popular one are the athletes. We've got professional and recreational athletes. Uh, we also have quite a few politicians that are coming in. Um, I saw just yesterday the mayor of Winnipeg was I saw, out. He, he uh, tweeted
0: a photo of him yes. reading to a class of youngsters. Very cool. Uh,
2: before that, Brian Pallister was out, Ian Wishart, our uh, Minister of Education, all types of people like that. Um, police officers, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, firemen, so it's all a whole building of community, bringing people together, getting that excitement going, but also there's a lot of um, authors, right, so schools can book authors, and then they talk about that, that connects to the whole writing piece, cool, Um, I'll mention that David Robertson, who's our Manitoba author, uh, and he's just put out his new book, When We We Were Alone, that speaks to the residential schools, right, And even though it's a picture book, we are talking a lot in education about how picture books can be used even in the senior years.
0: Oh, cool. It makes makes things a lot more accessible, I think. And even even big ideas like that, it it really sort of condenses it and makes it a lot more palatable and a lot more digestible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's been just that challenge to put that out. So uh, very exciting. And um, for MRA's Twitter... Just in a week, we've increased our following by 40 followers. Oh, so awesome. You know, That's it great. just uh, connects us all. So for
0: our listeners out there, if you're on your iPad or on your computer, you can follow them at MRA underscore MB or look them up on Facebook, Manitoba Reading Association, and use the hashtag I Love to Read Month. Um, so, Susan, t- t- tell me a little bit. I think you have a big uh, conference coming up in April. Tell me about that.
2: Okay, so um, it's our fourth uh, Adolescent Literacy Summit. And the theme is Critical Literacy, Challenge, Inspire, Empower. And it's on Wednesday, April 12th, and Thursday, April 13th at the Victoria Inn in Winnipeg. And we have uh, international um, and national and provincial literacy leaders coming. So people such as Linda Christensen, Pernille Ripp, who's the founder of Global Read Aloud. Oh, cool. Uh, David Robertson as an author, John Schumacher, Marsha Forshuk-Skripik, Richard Van Camp is one of our keynote speakers. He's a Canadian author, and uh, Eric Walters is also coming. So uh, we also have a website for that, which is mrasummit.weebly.com. And so our full program is there and registration
0: information is there as well. That's great. Is there any other events coming up that you'd like our listeners to know about?
2: Yes. We have our uh, second general board meeting on Saturday, March 4th um, at the Winnipeg Millennium Library. And if you go on our website, there's always contact information if people want to find out more. But if you're not really... uh, meeting a tender we're also planning an activity at the uh, canadian museum of human rights which will start at 1 30 um, and we're just telling people to buy their pass in okay. uh, meet us in the foyer and what we're going to do is plan an activity with a focused observation going through the museum okay. but we're going to be introducing lenses from the uh, ELA curriculum renewal. So one of the lead uh, teachers who is piloting the ELA curriculum renewal has planned an activity just to help you focus. It's a big building.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, you need a little bit of guidance. All right. Well, at the end of our time together, I gave you a warning before we came (laughs) on air. I'm going to ask you, put you on the spot. What is your favorite book uh, of all time? Top, maybe even top three.
2: Okay. Top three is better. Yeah.
0: A little easier to answer, I think. Um,
2: I think when I think back to being a beginning re- reader, and I I remember feeling like I wasn't a reader when I was younger. Okay. And uh, I have saved a Hans Christian Andersen book, Thumbelina. And oh, I don't know yeah. what it was about those stories, but those stories stuck with me, and I, I, I know I reread them. And we know that by rereading and rereading right. strengthens your skills. For sure. You probably um, get
0: something new each time, I would imagine exactly, too, right? Yeah, exactly. Very cool.
2: But uh, my friends and family all know that I'm a Diana Gabaldon Outlander reader. Oh,
3: cool!
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
2: she has written nine in a series, plus other novellas, plus graphic novels. Oh, but cool. it's a, um, it's hard to put a genre on it. But it's historical fiction. Nice. It's uh, there's some science fiction. There's you know all cool. types of things so very yeah. cool
0: that's a good answer i appreciate that well susan hayward president of the manitoba reading association you can find them on twitter at mra underscore mb on facebook by just searching manitoba reading association you can follow the hashtag i love to read month or go to their website readingmanitoba.org susan thank you so much for joining us today thank I appreciate
2: you very it much for having us
1: Thanks, Nolan. And thank you, Susan. We'll be bringing you more coverage on I Love to Read month next week as well. So stay tuned to River City 360 for more on that. Coming up next, Stacy Cardigan-Smith will join us to talk about the Mothering Project. Stacy wrote a wonderful article on Mount Carmel Clinic, where the Mothering Project launched in 2013, to try to support new or expecting mothers that are dealing with addictions. Before we get to that, we're going to play a quick tune for you. Here's Sam Cook. With you, send me right here on River City 360.
4: Darling, you send me. I know you send me. Darling, you send me. Honest, you do. Honest, you do. Honest, you do. I thought it was infatuation, but ooh, it's lasted so long. Now I find myself wanting to marry you and take you home. Well you you send me I know you send me. Just it's so now I find myself wanting to marry you and take you home I know I know I know you you, you send me I know you send me you, you, you send me honest
0: Welcome back to River City 360. Up next is a very important story on a wonderful clinic that is doing some important work here in Winnipeg um, with new or expecting mothers. Uh, Mount Carmel Clinic launched the Mothering Project in 2013 and has since helped dozens of women and their families. Stacey Cardigan-Smith filed this report.
5: Angie Flurry have a strong bond, but their relationship was almost very different. Angie was addicted to crack cocaine when she found out she was pregnant. She didn't know if she wanted to keep the baby or what she wanted to do with her life. Bella is a bright, busy, and confident toddler. She enjoys making art, reading Brown Bear, Brown Bear, and playing mom to a baby doll with dark brown hair just like her own. Get
6: your baby. Hug baby. There we go. Uh, There's your baby.
5: The Mothering Project offers support to women who are pregnant or have children under the age of one and are trying to stay clean and sober from drugs and alcohol. It's a program of Mount Carmel Clinic located in the North End. Angie, who's now 33, struggled with crack cocaine since she was 21. Getting sober was tough but today she has full custody of Bella. She credits the Mothering Project with helping make that happen and is proud to take me on a tour of the on-site daycare where Bella goes while Angie is in school.
6: So this is the infant center. This is where my daughter comes to daycare. This is their lockers. This is our infants and our wonderful staff. So what are some of the activities that Bella likes to do? Um, they read. She has this little baby in there. And they also do art here, some of Bella's artwork. So they do, they go to the gym, they go outside.
5: As all parents know, bringing a child to daycare for the first time is tough. But Mothering Project staff helped ease the transition for Angie and Bella.
6: It was hard for me and hard for her because she, we had this bond because we're we're together everywhere. So she cries, but now she doesn't. So pretend to cry and then she'll kiss me and then she'll (laughs) look. Or I wouldn't even get a kiss someone.
5: Angie and Bella are just one success story of the Mothering Project. Here's program manager Tammy
7: Rowan. It is just what's right in the world. And women should be parenting their babies and babies should be with their moms. And and sometimes moms need a little bit of help to get there. And so that's why all of us come to work every day.
5: The project is grounded in traditional indigenous teachings and offers participants a variety of help. These include obstetric support and nurse guided care, labor and delivery support, a food security program, counselling and addiction support, and lots more. The program first launched in 2013 and reopened in June following a $2.2 million renovation. The bright and welcoming new space now features a commercial kitchen for hot lunch preparation and cooking workshops, a sleeping area, laundry facilities, a round room, breastfeeding area, and counselling spaces. There is also an on-site daycare for infants, which can offer moms some much needed reprieve, even if it's just to take a nap.
7: Sometimes, as a mom, you need a second to breathe, and a lot of us have that, and the moms in our programs often don't, and then we blame them for not being successful. It's probably one of the most significant additions to our program that is helping women to to, to take their babies home from the hospital, and to keep their babies home.
5: Despite the brand new space, the Mothering Project still operates on an annual budget of just $30,000 and with only a handful of staff. Since the program's 2013 launch, it has received almost 500 referrals, but for much of that time, it was operating at maximum capacity.
7: Every year, we've had to close intake two or three times during the year. We've just opened intake now, like three weeks ago, and our intake had been closed for almost a year. And so we weren't even taking referrals during that time because it didn't seem responsible to have a woman's name on the list for a year.
5: Right now, the program is working with about 70 families and it hopes to get that number up to 100. For many women, just getting up the courage to ask for help is difficult. So imagine making the call only
7: to hear that there is no support available. Women are nervous when you come in, just like all of us. You're scared to walk into a new place. You don't know anybody. It's hard to ask for help, especially if you're pregnant and using drugs and alcohol, because you don't know how that's going to be received on the other end of things. And women are used to being treated badly, especially if you're Indigenous. So there's they women face a lot of judgment and racism and shame so even to walk in the door here and ask for help and ask to talk to somebody is a huge big deal
5: today angie is giving back by running a sobriety group for women she says many look up to her because she's come so far from where she once was one of the ways she finds strength is through traditional indigenous teachings during our tour of the mothering project she showed me the round room
6: we come in here we drum we sing we talk they have meetings in here our drums are in a secret door. Mm-hmm. There's all our smudge.
5: What do you like about this space?
6: It's cozy. you just sit check out one of these cushions. <laughs> 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 and it sounds good when we drum because it's like an echo in here and then our voices all just come right up for so so the bomb. Do you
5: all like you all sing together?
6: Yeah. Um. This is it where we come practice? Like me, I was so much into my drugs and alcohol before where I didn't really want to come in. But, but this is before this part was open. We would, they would like come and drum with us or something and I'd be like, no.
5: You just didn't feel like.
6: No, because I was still using and everything so. But then now that I'm clean and sober, I'm more into my drumming.
5: Why do you think you didn't want to be involved when you were using? Because like, what about the
6: drum? Um, there's different people, there's different ways about a drum, like you're not supposed to be using a drum if you're on your time, or if you're under the influence, or you've been using, you're not supposed to hold a drum. So, but there's other, there's like different teachings every program I'm in. So, and then I just, okay, I'm just going to use this drum.
5: The drum has helped Angie on her journey, and Bella seems to love it too.
6: My daughter, she loves the drum too. Yeah. She knows the word no and like if she sees the drum out at my ho- at home, she'll cry if I say no not right now and she'll scream until I pull like sit there and drum with her. She heard the the drums since she's in my since I had her in my stomach. Like, it's like it's a drama of a heartbeat, of a mother's heartbeat.
5: To learn more about the Mothering Project, go to mountcarmel.ca for River City 360. I'm Stacy Cardigan Smith.
0: Thanks Stacy. The Winnipeg Foundation has provided the Mothering Project with grants totaling $150,000 and you'll be able to read more about the program and about Angie's story as well as seeing some beautiful photos of baby Bella in the next Foundation magazine out in early March.
1: Coming up after the break we'll share the next in our series of refugee stories that we recorded at an event held by the Mennonite Heritage Center Gallery. Before we get to that, Valentine's Day is on the horizon. So here's Ronnie Aldrich with Melodie d'Amour right here on River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360, Robert and Nolan here with you this morning. And as we mentioned before the break, we're continuing our series of refugee stories from an event hosted by the Mennonite Heritage Centre Gallery, in which people from various backgrounds shared brief snapshots of their experiences as refugees. This week, Elfrida Schrader shares the story of her grandmother, Katarina Krager. Elfrida's mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother are all subjects of a painting that's part of the Mennonite Heritage Center galleries along the Road to Freedom exhibit. Elfrida, her mother, father, brother, two great-uncles, and her grandmother left Chortitza, Ukraine, which was then part of the USSR, in 1943 due to persecution. They traveled to Poland, Germany, and Paraguay before arriving in Canada in 1948. Before we get to it, a warning that some of the details in the following story are graphic and listener discretion is advised. Here is Elfrida Schrader's story.
8: My name is Elfrida Schrader and uh, our painting honors three women. My great-grandmother, Katharina Epp, my grandmother in the middle is Katharina Krueger, and my mother Katharina Neufeld. Each of them is the oldest daughter in the family, and each of them has the name Katarina. It is my Oma, the one in the middle of the painting, who suffered the most. Today, I want to share one tragic event of many she endured since the Russian Revolution and its aftermath. I discovered it in a blue notebook in which she had written in her very clear but small writing tidy German script. She wrote it in retrospect, after she finally found a new home in Canada. At the time of this story, my grandmother's family was quite scattered. It was June 1944. Her husband, my grandfather, was languishing in a Siberian prison. She and her 16-year-old son, Jakob, were in a refugee camp in a small village in what is now Poland. Two of her sons, 18-year-old Dietrich and 20-year-old Hans had been conscripted into the German army. Their older brother Abraham was left behind in Russia. Her only daughter, Katarina, the third one in the painting, my mother, together with my father and my brother and I were in another refugee camp further west. My Oma wrote about her fears for her two sons in the army. Her apprehension soon became a terrible reality. Late one afternoon, her neighbor in the camp was called to the camp director's office. She returned with the heart-wrenching news that the 18-year-old Dietrich had been killed. A visit to the camp director confirmed the terrible news, and my grandmother prepared to go to the funeral at the military headquarters near Berlin. The German army was very generous. They gave grandma train tickets for herself and for several family members and also for a dear friend. My grandmother continues in her diary. This is what she writes. We came to Berlin where we saw the results of this destructive war. So many beautiful buildings lay in ruins. When we arrived at the military camp, everything that had happened to our dear Dietrich was revealed to us. In the evening, the soldiers were told to clean their unloaded weapons. Carelessly, the soldier, another Mennonite boy, sitting directly across from Dietrich, had forgotten to unload his rifle. He hit the trigger accidentally, and the bullet went directly into Dietrich's right eye and through his head, killing him instantly. Oma describes how she went to view her son's body and to attend the full military funeral that followed. She knew that there was one more thing she needed to do. She asked the captain if she could visit the person who had caused this accident. Reluctantly, he agreed, I quote from the diary. The door opened and in walked the deeply regretful, guilty one. I pitied him greatly, unwanted, unplanned, to have brought such a great heartache on himself and others, I stretched my hand out toward him. He grasped it immediately and willingly. Quietly, we looked at each other for a long moment. Then he bowed his head, and tears flowed from his eyes. I will remain silent about the short discussion that followed. I just said to him that I took it as an act of God. He can be assured of full forgiveness from me, and I will not remember his guilt. At the end, I asked him if he was willing to give me a kiss in my son's place, which he willingly did, and our forgiveness was sealed by God. Both of us were left feeling comforted. My grandmother, in spite of her agony and loss, was able to forgive the perpetrator. If only all of us were so ready to forgive, we would not have to remember the ones who died horrible deaths in battles that need not have taken place. Thank you.
1: Thank you to Elfrida Schrader for letting us share your grandmother's story. And a special thank you to Ray Dirks and the Mennonite Heritage Center Gallery. We'll share another refugee story next week right here on River City 360.
0: Thanks Robert. Coming up next, Noah Ehrenberg is on his way into the studio. He's going to tell us about This Week in Winnipeg through the lens of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism project. But before Noah gets into the studio, let's play him in with a tune. So here's Louis Armstrong with I Get Ideas, right here on River City 360.
9: When you're dangerous, Lindy. Me, I get ideas. I get ideas. I want to hold you so much closer than I dare to. I want to scold you because I care more than I care to. And when you touch me, and that's fire. Every finger, I get ideas, yes, I get ideas. And after we have kissed goodnight, still you linger. I kind of think you get ideas, too. Your eyes are always saying the things you never say. I only hope they say that you could love me too. But that's the whole idea, it's true. Lovely idea that I fall in love with you. after we have kissed goodnight Mm, still you linger babe I kinda think you get ideas
0: too Good morning and welcome back to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning and we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism project. Noah, thank you for joining us.
10: Good morning to you.
0: So citizen journalists can write pretty much anything on CNC. That's what is very interesting of having you on the show every week to kind of see what's happening in Winnipeg from these very Unique lenses, and I understand this week, uh, Vivian Ketchum, who's friend of the show, she's yeah. been on River City Three Hundred and Sixty before, wrote an intensely personal and very sort of somber piece. Tell me, tell tell our listeners about
10: it. Yeah, it's a piece by Vivian Ketchum called "A Mother's Loss," and um, it's uh, very heartfelt. And it basically has to do with a loss that uh, Vivian experienced back in two thousand and eleven, when her twenty-four uh, year old son uh, had a rare brain tumor, and uh, he unfortunately passed away from that. So um, it's a story about, the, about her son's brave fight and, and Vivian's brave fight to yeah. try and save her son's life. Uh, his name was Tyler. And um, in the piece, she Vivian talks about how she has gone on to heal uh, in terms of... Um, having her world based on the medicine wheel, sort of the four parts in balance, the spiritual, the mental, the physical, the emotional, and, um, why it's so important for her to try and achieve that balance in her life when it comes to, uh, remembering this very sad, uh, time, uh, back in 2011 and mm-hmm. she um it, it's very interesting because uh you know community news commons is a place where people can tell stories about different things that are happening in the community but it's also a place where people can write about some very personal things that um, right. they've experienced and this is one piece that i really uh, appreciate vivian writing and you know she talks about her grief as being something um is th- that it's no longer a stranger to her but it's a friend as time passes mm. by and uh you really get a really interesting perspective uh of how someone deals with a with a, a loss like this and um how she can look at grief as something that is sort of comforting as opposed to uh something that she dreads every year very
0: interesting so when she comes to you with this story idea or she wants to write this thing how, how do you approach it as an editor like what what decisions are you helping her make and and how much editing are you doing on this piece
10: well one of the things i like about cnc is that it's a safe environment so It's not like people write things and then they give them to me and I do whatever I want with them. It's really a collaborative effort. And so when people come with a story, we usually talk about, you know, what the story is about, how are they going to tell it. And then there's a little bit of back and forth once they submit the story where I add different um, ideas. I give them different suggestions, maybe do a little rewrite or two on a few sentences. And I make sure that the person that's written the story is happy with that, and mm-hmm. they want that type of that version to go right. uh, to be published. And so, it's um, I think for you know no matter what people are writing, whether it's a review of a play or whether it's uh, you know something as personal and as um, deep as uh, Vivian has written about the loss of her son, um, I think it's a it's a very positive environment in which to write. Uh, material that is published online
0: for sure so talking a little bit about reviews it's not all somber and sadness. Oh, no, there there are some not. great st- stories on cnc as well so i understand there's a pretty cool uh, festival that goes on in, in manitoba and has been for 17 years and you've got a couple cnc journalists on the beat covering y- that
10: yes that's right in fact um it's the uh, royal manitoba theater center's uh, 17th annual master playwright festival so every year royal manitoba theater center uh, features a master playwright. So how exactly does one become a master
0: playwright? Do you just write 10,000 plays and then you get a well, piece of you, paper?
10: Well, you have to write plays that are... Well, know, they have, have to some, be good. I yes, so. right, oh, okay. and have some critical acclaim. Like, for instance, this year, uh, the playwright who is featured is Agatha Christie. Now, oh, of cool. course, we know Agatha yeah. Christie as... Actually, Agatha Christie is the world's best selling novelist right. uh, but she's also written many many plays cool. and so the um, master playwright festival uh, will feature one particular playwright and all the all the, the plays, all the plays the uh, for this festival cool. for the, for 19 days over uh, you know during february are uh, works from agatha christie's uh, bag of, of uh, cool. suspense and uh, so cnc is
0: going to have Reviews and previews, and and w- what what sorts of coverage are you expecting to
10: see from uh, on CNC? Well, uh, Doug Kretchmer, uh, who is a friend of the show and uh, a longtime uh, CNC reporter, as well as Heather Emberley, who has uh, also written quite a few uh, uh, articles for CNC. Both of them are covering the festival, cool. and there's enough uh, of the plays out there at different locations, not just at RMTC, but all over the place, all over Winnipeg. There's a number of different theater troops that are involved, and each of them will uh... choose a particular uh... play to perform and um, and Kretchmer and uh, Amberly will be out there uh, cool. to take some photos and to uh, and to do some reviews. And so there's a, there, it, when it comes to Agatha Christie, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, suspenseful types of mm-hmm. stories and edge of your seat uh, whodunit uh, types right. of stories. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. Uh, the, Doug Kretschmer was saying that his the first time that he had attended a Master Playwright Festival was back in 2002 when uh, he had just uh, came back from Vancouver, mm-hmm. and he decided to um, he didn't realize that it was this was happening every year and it was uh, that year they were featuring the work of uh, uh Bertolt Brecht and so it was called Breakfast Breakfast and um, he went to the a uh, few of the plays, and he was just fascinated by this. He had never really been into the into these plays into in, into the works of Brecht, but he suddenly got into it and he went to a number of plays that year same thing with uh Shawfest, which was just a few years ago so basically they take one playwright, feature them for the entire uh, nineteen days or whatever it may be over the you know during uh, february and uh, it's just a terrific way for you to either go to some plays. Of a favorite playwright of yours, mm-hmm. or to discover right. uh, a playwright that you've never really uh, seen the work of. And so. clearly,
0: they're good enough if they're a master, you know. they're, well. <laughs> they're the best in the business.
10: <laughs> they are, and uh, you know, kudos to RMTC for coming up with this idea seventeen years right. ago because it is very popular. In fact, the first review that Doug did uh, was the opening night of uh, the play, and then there were none. You know, it's a, a whodunit uh, type of tingling down the spine, goosebumps. Uh, you know, uh, who done it type of story, and um, it was sold out. You know, mm. and uh, a lot of the plays are sold out. So I would recommend that if you want to attend RMTC's um, Christie Fest, that you uh, get your tickets early yeah. because it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, for the plays that you want to check out on CNCWPG.org, CommunityNewsCommons.org, you'll see reviews by Doug Kretchmer and Heather Amberley, who are two very good writers. And Doug, of course, is an excellent photographer. So there's some terrific photos to go with it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And if you can't get tickets because the shows are sold out, just go to (laughs) cncwpg.org and you can read the reviews like you were there yourself. (laughs) Indeed. So Noah, at the end of our time together, we've asked you to bring in some tunes that our listeners may not have heard before, or maybe they have, but uh, what have you got for us this week?
10: Well, this week uh, I w- thought I would feature J.D. and the Sunshine Band. Oh,
0: okay. I would imagine some of our listeners may have heard a tune of theirs or two before.
10: I think so. They, they are known for their uh, wild uh, live shows. Mm-hmm. They're uh, quite raucous. Um, they kind of take country music... Um, and combine it with some main street sensibilities, you might say, and um, they've really warmed their way into the hearts of uh, of many people here in Winnipeg. They uh, operate out of the out of uh, Sunshine House, which is um, a drop-in center located at the intersection of Logan and Sherbrooke. And uh, the creation of this band um, really has helped open doors to creativity, uh, lasting relationships. Sort of, you know, they help shine a light on the language and the stories of our community. And so I really wanted to feature them because they are going to be part of a event on February the 17th, Friday, February the 17th, at 5 p.m. over at the Goodwill Social Club at 625 Portage Avenue. It might be an interesting thing to check out because it is a live uh, fun drive finale. Uh, Our friends over at CKUW, the University of Winnipeg radio station, every February they have a fun drive where they try and raise funds so that they can do the great programming that they do over at um, our friend's station there at CKUW and they're having a little uh, drive uh, and they're having a little concert to wrap up this fun drive uh, finale and uh, part of the action will be uh, JD and the Sunshine Band, Very so cool. they're going to be there. And if you want to check it out, um, it's it'll be a lot of fun. So I'd like to feature JD and the Sunshine Band um, with a tune from their latest album. The album is Soaking Up the Rays, which was released in September, and uh, this tune is called 45 Minute Set. So you're tuned to River City 360 with Nolan Bicknell and Robert Zirk on 93.7 CJNU FM. Mm-hmm.
11: A good idea. Here are some things that you might want to do comb your hair, look sharp. to move with your ex here are some things that you Sense. Just, Just be, be good, good to yourself to Buy a round for the band, band. Buy another for the, the singer. singer Cause we have a show at the bar Come well we think that's a good idea.
4: you
0: a wrap on this week's episode of river city 360 thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to all of our guests
1: for talking to us today if you'd like to hear more views and news from around winnipeg listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast you can visit us online the address is rivercity360.org again that's rivercity360.org River City 360
0: views and news from around winnipeg as a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And we always love to get your feedback, so please give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic that we should cover on an upcoming show. Again, we always love hearing your feedback, so give us a ring. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360.
0: You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter and RiverCity360 on Facebook facebook as well i'm nolan Bicknell, signing off for river city 360
1: and i'm robert zirk thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you next week have a great sunday